unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today, man? Hey, Nathan, I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm still uh, recovering from last week's episode with Douglas Pugh. The uh, the point where you had or where he came in and he played the different variations of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. It just it made the whole thing like visually real from even though it was auditory, it made it real for me. And um, if the listeners haven't checked out that episode, I definitely recommend going back and and listening to that episode with Doug. And uh, I'm I'm. I'm curious how you're going to follow up last week's episode. Yeah, uh, well, I'll answer your question in a minute. That was a good one. Um, I mean, anybody who has to generate a lot of email ideas or tweets or Facebook ads quickly, boy, you really want to listen to what Doug had to say. It was pretty stunning. Well, I'll, I'll tell you how I'm going to follow up. I'm going to follow up with a listener favorite and one of your favorites too another one of the old masters series and most people have never heard of the old master i'll tell you about him in a minute but the topic is something that has been begging to be on copywriters podcast for a long time and that is reason why copywriting but first a little about our old master and he really deserves the title even though he's not particularly well known these days it's george burton hotchkiss We'll be drawing from a couple chapters in his book. Let me grab the book here. This is the book. <laughs> it's pretty old. Published in 1924. I don't know when the, the edition I'm holding was actually printed, but it was originally published almost 100 years ago. And before he became an ad guy, Hotchkiss worked as a reporter for the old New York Sun newspaper. After that, he became a copywriter for the ad agency, which later became the famous firm known as BBDO. And from there, he went on to found the Department of Advertising and Marketing at New York University, um, just down the street from BBDO, I'm guessing, in Manhattan, where he was chairman. And he worked for 48 years. This is like his third career. And he was there for almost 50 years. Anyway, George Hotchkiss what he says about reason why advertising in his book is really not that different from what's true and what works today about reason why advertising. The problem is not a lot of people talk about it, even though, as we'll get into later, a lot of the best copywriters and the highest end offers use it. We'll dive into what George said and pull out a few of the most important pieces. And while we're at it, what could be more important than this? Copy is powerful you're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims, and if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health and finance and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. Now, reason why copywriting. It is alive and well today, but I don't think people talk about it a whole lot. So here's what I'd like to do. We're going to spend a few minutes talking about reason why I copy. 
just to give you a sense of what it is and what it's for. And then I'll give you some examples from the parts of a promo, first draft of a promo I'm working on now or even thinking about doing. And I'll show it in two ways. First, written as reason why copy and then written as emotional copy. And I'm, I'm setting up this stark polarity, reason why and emotional. So what is it? In short, reason why copy appeals to the prospect's reason. And what we'll call emotional copy appeals mainly to emotions. Now, in the real world, to be sure, you can mix elements of the two kinds of copy in the same email or the same ad, same web page, even the same sentence. But for this show, just to make clear what reason why copy is, um, we'll treat them as separate and opposite and pure and ideal and like we're inside Plato's cave. Get that? Okay. Um, just to make sure what reason why copy is. Now, Hotchkiss says this. If all buyers were logical and all purchases were based on a deliberate choice, there would be little place in advertising for anything except reason why a copy. But then he says, human beings, however, are not wholly logical. And they all make purchases that are not even sensible. I mean, for example, the Fender Jazzmaster guitar that I bought. It's mostly for surf rock and jazz. And I don't play much of either of those styles of music. So there was no logical reason for me to get it, but it felt so good. So now you understand that reason why copy is more matter of fact than emotional copy, for starters. Okay, next question is, where do you use it? And where shouldn't you use it? So you should use it for high-end offers. People with more money spending it or investing it tend to respond better to reason why copy than to purely emotional copy. And you can also tend to favor reason why copy with B2B offers. I mean, let's take the ultimate B2B offer that's just, you know, devoid of drama or excitement, unless you're a factory floor manager. It's, let's say you were selling a grinding machine to factories, because factories do use grinding machines. I don't even know what they are, but I've heard of them before. Reason why copy is going to work a lot better than sensual, dramatic, or emotional copy. I don't even want to give you the ludicrous example of trying to write sensual copy for a grinding machine. I mean, that could get really kinky. I don't want to go there. All right. Of course, you can use some aspects of reason why copy in anything, even in a low-end biz op offer or in a straight consumer offer. But for those kinds of offers, you probably want to lean more heavily on emotional appeals. Now, there are two chapters in this book, Advertising Copy. Two chapters on reason why I copy. There are 21 sections within those two chapters. We're not going to get to all of them. I mean, that could take hours and hours. But let's take the two most important. This will really cover the other 19. First one is evidence. And remember, Hotchkiss is writing for all kinds of advertising, not the kind of direct response stuff that we talk about. But in in Hotchkiss's view of the world, all these different departments and kinds of advertising, 
mail order, which is was the main direct response format in 1924, um, was closest to what we do. He says, in mail order advertisement, where the object is to secure immediate response, it is often desirable to cram the copy full of facts. If the reader is unwilling to read so much material, he is not a sufficiently good prospect to be ready to purchase the article or seek more information about it. And that's true. You know, people who say they don't read much will suddenly become very avid readers, you know, when it comes to something that they're interested. Okay, so fact, evidence, and the kind of advertising we talk about in this podcast, like I was saying, is advertising designed to get an immediate response. That's why it's called direct response copywriting. The second really important factor and reason why copy is logic. There's so much to go into in depth here, but this really stood out to me when Hotchkiss says, it is commonly complained that people do not think. Hotchkiss doesn't buy this argument, but he says whether it's true or not, this, however, is no excuse for the copywriter. He must be a logical thinker. He need not study formal logic, but he should at least be able to trace an effect to its cause and a cause to its effect. And he should be able to present the train of ideas so that his reader will follow it. His facts and conclusions must not be confused. They must be arranged in orderly sequence. Now, I know this is a tall order, but I found most successful copywriters, both male and female, the most successful ones are very good at what I just described. Okay, evidence and logic. That sounds pretty boring, right? But many people have said Gary Bensavenga's copy was reason why copy, mostly. I would agree. It never came across as particularly emotional to me, as yet he got incredible results for a while. Nobody could beat him in a control. So I don't, wouldn't call that boring, okay? Because it's not whether you use evidence and logic, it's all in how you use it. And there are ways to make it interesting, even if it's not terribly emotional. So let's get into some examples. And here's the background. I'm breaking some things out from what I've been doing as part of my mentoring and critiques for many, many years, and I'm offering them as separate services. And here's, here's the reason. Not everybody wants to learn copy. Even, pe- even listeners, even you may not want to learn copy or have your copy critique. But a lot of business people might want to have more one of these services. For example, USP. I'm going to be launching a USP building service later this year. Now, you probably know this, but for the listener who doesn't, USP stands for Unique Selling Proposition. It's very similar to a positioning statement. And from a direct response point of view, it's almost identical with branding because a good USP sets you apart from competitors and bonds your customers to you. Now, this is something I'm already doing, but not as a standalone service. I mean, I've helped copywriters get their USP. I helped Chris Haddad with um, Mr. Moneyfingers. I didn't come up with it, but I spotted it when he told me about it and I said, you should use it. And he actually formed a company of that name. I helped Million Dollar Mike Morgan same story. And I've helped some companies do this where I've actually collaborated with them to come up with the words. What I'm about to share with you are some rough draft pieces of copy to promote this new service. And what I will do is share the same type of piece of copy, like a headline, 
and written first in the reason why format and then second as emotional copy. And then we can talk about each one. So headline. Okay, here's a reason why headline for this upcoming service. How to get the same powerful marketing weapon the world's largest co- the world's largest companies have at a fraction of the cost. Okay? That's the reason why headline the emotional headline is imagine your business becoming a household name among your customers and prospects. Okay, I think they're both good headlines. The difference is it's pretty easy to prove the first one. Large companies all have USPs. Most small businesses don't. A USP is a powerful marketing weapon because of how it helps you win the battle for the prospect's preference. And while it will cost a bit to work with me, what I charge is a lot less than the hundreds of thousands of dollars large companies often pay for their positioning and branding. So it's all provable. Now, if instead of a USP service, I was selling a regular consumer item like, say, strawberry jam, emotional copy might be a better choice in the headline. But what I'm selling here, with what I'm selling here, I'm, I'm going with the reason why headline. Uh, Nathan, do you have any thoughts so far on these distinctions? It's been said that people make emotional decisions and then they look for logical reasons to back those decisions up. You can see that in the way they pick and choose which news medias they they decide to consume. Uh, You can also see this a lot in consumer products where the front of the package has the emotional appeal. It's if you're buying an exercise, a piece of exercise equipment, it shows a fit person on the front enjoying. And then on the back, it has all the reason why copy go through the toy aisle. Same thing. Kids having fun on the front of the package, reason why copy on the back. So I think that as copywriters, we're always taught, we're always taught to make emotional appeals and that's what we focus on. But there's definitely even, even down to, like you said, strawberry jam. There's the emotional appeal copy, but there's also the, our strawberries are picked from organic farms with zero pesticides. There's still a room, there's still room for that reason why, depending on who your market is. So uh, a lot of people might kind of poo poo reason why copy, but in all products, I think there's varying degrees of its necessity. Yeah. And I think, uh, I, I love what you just said. I think maybe people say, well, how do I know? How do I decide when to use it or not? So if you're going to buy a pair of jeans or a woman's going to buy um, a beautiful top, I'm probably not going to look for a lot of proof other than what it's made of and how you wash it, right? And, you know, maybe if you're buying a designer one, you want proof that, you know, Halston designed it or whatever. But if you're going to buy some some mechanical device and you're you know a, a wrench or you know maybe a treadmill or you know something you're, you're going to want a little proof of what it's made of how solid it is what the guarantee is so you know i, I think the question you want to ask is how much proof is my reader going to need and in, in in what area and yeah i mean with food like maybe 40 years ago, the only proof you needed was that it came from real strawberries, not, you know, strawberry flavor number seven by the FDA or something. Uh, These days, people are a lot more concerned about that. So, you know, again, it gets back to something we've said, I don't know, about 35,000 times on the podcast. You know, you have to know your customer and, 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 and know what's important to them. 
All right, let's let's move on to another example. Um, this is the big promise, you know. So with you know my business, what can the prospect get? Expect to get from this USB service? And here's a reason why version: a custom positioning statement based on what the research says is important to you and is important to your customer. That's the reason why. Now let's hear a big promise for the same service in the language of emotional copywriting. You'll have a unique identity in the marketplace you'll be so proud of, and your customers will fall in love with your business. Okay? I think both of them are good. And I like the first one better because I know I can deliver that. I know I can deliver a custom developed positioning statement that's important to based on what's important to the business and important to their customers. The second one, your customers will fall in love with your business. I have yet to see a positioning statement customers fall in love with, with the possible exception of Walmart's old one, which they tragically killed and replaced in 2007. Always low prices. And people who love to shop could fall in love with that now retired USP. Okay, so let's talk about testimonials. When you have some copy and the performance of the copy is mission critical, who are you going to call? Not Ghostbusters. They don't do copy critiques last time I checked. A lot of people, from the most advanced to the up-and-coming copywriters, reach out to me. I do copy critiques. One client, Brett Alcorn, has hired me 20 times. Yep, 20 times. That's because on the very first critique I did for him, he doubled his conversions on a video sales letter. Every month, I do a handful of critiques for GKIC members. These are copywriters and small business owners who are trained and experienced, but they need another set of experienced eyes to go over their copy to take it to the next level. One A-lister told me I go over copy like an IRS auditor. Now, I wasn't sure whether to take that as a compliment or not. But he assured me it was. He said, I can find the one flaw or several flaws in copy that no one else was able to and make winning suggestions on how to fix them. So when you need a copy critique, just go to garfinkelcoaching.com and click on the services tab. Garfinkelcoaching.com for a critique. Thank you. And now back to the show. Testimonials play a role in reason why I copy. I guess uh, technically... You might say testimonials are always part of reason why copy because they're evidence, but I'm going to show you how they can definitely lean more towards reason why copy or more towards emotional copy. So here are two examples to compare. Now, I've made these things up, but I've heard people say these things to me over the years in so many words, so I'm sure I could actually get those same people to, to write the words down again. But here's a reason why version of testimonial. I was reassured after David found unique appealing benefits in our business that we were simply too close to for us to see them ourselves. We feel like our USP is our new secret weapon in the marketplace, even though we will make sure it's no secret at all. Okay. Well, that's, that's the reason why. Now here's an emotional version. We are so thrilled with our new USP that you put together for us. Getting it was like unwrapping a whole bunch of brand new presents on Christmas morning. Okay, so the first one is more logical and factual, and the second one is based on a feeling, excitement, right? Um, just as important, the first one is about utility. Utility. 
how the client will actually use the new USP. And that's why I'm saying that, you know, B2B products, now there are certainly consumer products that are very useful and practical, but a lot of B2B stuff, not all of it, a lot of it is very practical, hands-on, step-by-step, systematic. That's So when you're selling something that is consumed or utilized in that way, might make more sense to write in a way that that matches that. Yeah, and I see this a lot. The emotional testimonials, mm-hmm. they never do it for me. And one of the things that for my clients, a lot of times I go back to the people and I rework their testimonials with them. I go back and I say, okay, well, can I ask you this question? Can I ask you this question? And I try to get for the more, I try to get to the more logical, the more reason why stuff. Because I think a lot of times when you get a testimonial, especially if you get a testimonial right away, they're still in that emotional honeymoon phase of mm-hmm. buying. And so they're more prone to give you an emotional testimonial. But when you're reading a piece of sales copy, the emotional testimonials, they kind of fall flat. They don't, they don't, when you get to the testimonials, it's the part where you're looking for reasons why you're looking for logical reasons to back up the buying decision. And if you just get more emotional appeals at that point, you're not getting what you're looking for. So for the copywriters out there that are either working on their own stuff or working on client stuff, if you're running into this problem, just ask if you can go back to those people and um, some of the questions that I usually ask are, how were you feeling when you ran into this problem? What made you decide to buy this offer or take up this offer? What was the direct result that you got from this offer? And how was your problem solved by this offer? And by asking those four simple questions, you get a much more reason why based testimonial. And I just think that at the point where testimonials come into a piece of, of sales copy, that's when people are looking for the reason why copy. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's a good point. And, and those are four really good questions. So I would like to gently suggest that you rewind the audio right now and transcribe Nathan's questions word for word. That was a gentle suggestion, by the way. Okay. Um, now, the fourth thing is the off- offer. Let's talk about the offer, a reason why style offer and, and an emotional style offer. The, the reason why I offer for my service is this is your opportunity to set your business apart from all others in a way that is important to you and to your customers. This means you will frequently be the first choice for people and companies you most want to do business with. Okay, now let's try an emotional version of that offer. Again, these are condensed. It could probably be longer in real copy, but I'm doing this for an example. So here's an emotional one. Now, at long last, customers will fall in love with your business. And it won't be a one-night stand either. It will be a satisfying, long-term relationship. I'm thinking about the grinding machine again. <laughs> yes, that after 10 years, you'll still be a grinding machine every night. All right. See, see the synthesis of those two ideas. Okay. <laughs> so um, you, you can see the difference between an opportunity to set your business apart and customers falling in love with your business. The first one's definitely impactful. Um, but it's also based on some practical considerations that would make better sense for you. The second one is purely emotional. And it may be true 
but it's hard to prove and it could just as easily be seen as fantasy. So before we wrap up, do you have any further thoughts on this? Yeah. Throughout this whole episode, I kept being reminded of Jay Peterman's website and Mm -hmm. a lot of their sales copy is very emotionally based, but then they sprinkle in they, they do the, in this t-shirt, you'll look so awesome when you're out on your yacht and the cool breeze is blowing through your hair and the high thread count will also mean that you won't be sweating or you'll enjoy maximum comfort. So um, even you mentioned clothing, even in something like clothing, there's still a little bit of room for this. So knowing how to gauge where do I where do I use the reason why? Where do I use the emotional appeals? Uh, there's there's always room for both of them, and and I think even when you're even when you're talking to very analytical people, there's uh, on the flip side, there's still room for a little bit of emotional appeal as well. Yeah, it it might be helpful to think of it as analytical people are not 100 percent analytical; they lead with their analytical minds. Emotional people are not really 100% emotional. They lead with their emotional minds. Yeah. So this USP package that you're talking about, that kind of sounds intriguing to me. Uh, If Is this something that the listeners can get a hold of you if they want to know more about it? Or is that... Yeah. Yeah. And and in fact, I just asked him to send me an email because I don't don't know even if I'll have a, a web page up by then. Uh, and it's not really on my Garfinkel coaching site. That's just for copywriting. So you could send me an email at at my at this address podcast p o d c a s t podcast at davidgarfinkel dot com d a v i d g a r f i n k e l dot com and put the uh, word USP or the letters USP in the subject line so I can find a quickly i'll also put that in the show notes we're going to put up detailed show notes of the whole this whole thing here i, I other than um john e kennedy's 1904 book um reason why copy i haven't seen too much about this and so i'll just put all the details up there and uh if you can there the, it's really hard to find um hotchkiss's the old book it's like I found two co- uh, two copies on Amazon, one for fifty bucks, one for hundred twelve bucks. But I I think we got um, enough that you can work with here, so that you can get stronger uh, just with the show notes. I think the funny thing is too, even the even the name of his book is very reason why advertising copy. Yes, he didn't say, you know, how to become a millionaire writing beautiful, scintillating advertising copy. <laughs> All right, David, this has been a fun episode and very insightful too. I, I think that, uh, like I said in the, uh, earlier, a lot of times we just kind of gloss over the reason why version or aspects of sales copy. Um, so thank you for bringing this to our attention. And if listeners want to check out more, the website is copywriterspodcast.com. Any closing thoughts before we're out of here? No, I I think I'm about all talked out, to tell you the truth. (laughs) All right, man. Well, then we will catch you later. See you later. Before we go, a quick question. Would you like to have me as a guest on your podcast? Let me give you an easy way to contact me about that. 
We've put up a form on GarfinkelMedia.com, and it won't take much more than a minute to fill it out. So if you'd like to have me on your show, just go to GarfinkelMedia.com and fill out the form. That's GarfinkelMedia.com. Thanks, and see you next time on the Copywriters Podcast. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.